If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What up, listener? We wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this Blue Wire podcast. Be sure to show your support to this pod by subscribing and dropping a five-star review on iTunes, a follow on Spotify, or the appropriate dap for any other platform you might be listening on. And if you're enjoying this show, chances are you'll like one of our 75 other sports podcasts. Find more shows you'll love at BlueWirePods.com. Thanks again for listening, and now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Do you know what the Cavs fans are calling the Darius Garland, Colin Sexton backcourt? What? Sexland. Oh, that's good. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network, brought to you by Bet Online. I'm your host, Justin Rowan, with my co-host today, Carter Rodriguez. Carter, how's it going, buddy? Nobody exists on purpose. Nobody belongs anywhere. Everybody's going to die. Come watch TV. <laughs> Things are dark with the Cleveland Cavaliers, as Carter has alluded to. Um, I, I thought I'd be a little more down than I currently am. I, I have been for the last few days, just kind of overwhelmed by all the information. There's also been so much since we last recorded. I I, I want to start here before we get into the Tristan Thompson thing and all the other deadline speculation. I almost forgot that Colin Sexton not making the Rising Stars game was a thing that has happened between uh, now and our last recording. And... Man, I, I don't really have a ton of takes other than that is some bullshit. Um, the guy is averaging 20 points per game, um, and this isn't an all-star format where you reward winning. Uh, Eric Paschal is on there. Tyler Harrow should not be an oversexed. And I, I got I got takes out the wazoo. Kendrick Nunn is a, a just a bad dude and, and not as good. Um, but I, I didn't even think that was a possibility that he could make the Rising Stars 
team, and this is the first time I've ever been outraged by such a thing. This is exactly why we should do pre-production meetings, Justin, because I don't give a shit. Oh, well, that's fine. That's it's, we, it's it's wrong, but I can't talk about it. I don't know. I'm not going to watch the game. See, I, I would have watched the game, game if he was playing. I would have watched the game. And, uh, people who listen to this podcast would love to inform you. I don't even watch the Cavaliers. Why would I watch the <laughs> Rising Stars game? You never know when you're going to get the Dion going off in the Rising Stars game moment, though, Carter. You never know when you're going to get Kyrie crossing up Brandon Knight. And all these freeloading internationals, all these Canadians making it in, it, it's just sickening. Let's let's get the most talented players back in there. But I can tell by your enthusiasm we should probably get to more pressing matters. This is Yes, we should. This is essentially our big NBA trade deadline podcast. Uh, we are really, really tempting the basketball gods here recording on Tuesday night. It's probably important that we should say this. I'm convinced that as soon as we publish this, Tristan Thompson will be traded. But, of course, the big news of the week is that the Cavs have officially made Tristan Thompson um, available in trade talks. I'm sure they've been listening to offers all year. Um, But the gears have kind of shifted, and it seems like the Cavs are in a mode where they will take whatever the best offer available is for Thompson come Thursday. Yeah, and it might feel a little jarring to people who have just been hearing Kevin Love's name all season ever since he started throwing tantrums and the season went sideways immediately. Um, But when you actually think about it, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, The Cavs are due for quite a bit of financial flexibility this summer. Uh, Not so much if they've got Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson on their books for 50 million a year. Right. Um, And the second Love started to look immovable, um, that we really should have gotten our, our, you know, ears perked up for any Thompson talk, um, mm-hmm. because it's not particularly palatable for them to try to extend, uh, Tristan in this current context. And so you might as well extract some value out of him. Um, and I mean, if, if you're lucky, send him to a contender, but I don't think that should be a priority. Right. It should be whatever the best offer available is. And there are murmurs out there. And if you're reading the tea leaves, I don't think it's too difficult to figure out what kind of is going on here, which is more than likely they had some sort of talks with Rich Paul, um, who, of course, is Tristan Thompson's agent, um, kind of gauged what they would want in an extension and made an assessment on. All right. Well, we were likely going to let him walk if that's the case. Um, so we are going to try to get whatever the best package is out there. Um, and and it's a tough break. I mean, obviously if Tristan Thompson is gone, this team is probably, if I had to guess, I think we're going to be slightly better offensively and a lot worse defensively, uh, going from Tristan to Larry Nance Jr. Um, at the center position is a massive drop off in rim protection for a team that doesn't already have it. Uh, you can also kind of factor in the the likelihood that John Henson will either be traded or bought out um, after the trade deadline. So that's going to leave us a little thin. So unless you, you have some sort of a uh, rim protector or, or true center coming back in the Thompson deal, uh, it, it, let's say it's an expiring guy. Um, I, I, I think there, there's going to be a little bit of a drop off there. Yeah. Um, you know what I was just thinking about? Um, what it says about the state of the Cavaliers and 
at their asset management that our hopes and expectations for the best players on returns for the best players on the team uh, in deals uh, have just collapsed so yeah. uh, precipitously. I remember, I remember Justin, mm-hmm. a time in which the minimum return for Kevin Love was a young player and at least a decent first round pick. Yeah. I also remember a time where Tristan Thompson would minimum require a first round pick. Uh, and honestly, it certainly seems like the Cavs uh, would be happy to salary dump Tristan for not much more than a second uh, or a very protected first um, or potentially in a deal where, you know, they're sending him out as the third team uh, in a salary absorption deal. And then Kevin Love uh, appears to be no market for him whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, uh, so it's just, I don't know if this is the Cavs fault. Maybe they should have tried to trade Thompson earlier. I don't, I don't know, but I, something, I don't something is rotten in the water here. And, and maybe it's just as simple as the Cavs assets suck because their team sucks and the players aren't good enough to at their price points to justify much trade interest. And like, I don't know. It, it's depressing though. It is depressing. I, I don't think trying to trade Tristan Thompson earlier uh, is something that I really don't think so made. either. I don't think that makes much of a difference. Um, I, I think He's received a lot of uh, credit the last year or so here on kind of stepping up in that leadership role. And the other thing, too, is I I don't think trading him in October or November um, really nets you much of a difference. Uh, Brian Windhorst talked about on the Hoop Collective that there are multiple teams that are interested in Tristan Thompson that have kind of been offering one or two seconds and the Cavs have been trying to get a first. Um, He kind of outlined the, the whole process, which... early in the week you have your kind of top targets and you throw out the low ball offers and and the Cavs will try for more and in all likelihood they'll they'll meet somewhere in the middle you get a first that's great if you get multiple seconds um I I think recent history is kind of encouraging with what the Cavs have been able to do with second round picks whether that be Jetty Osmond whether that be Kevin Porter Jr uh kind of combining those it just gives you flexibility um with Kevin Love, obviously, things have changed a whole lot. Um, his, his attitude is lowering what I'd be willing to accept for him by the day. Because uh, at this point, especially if Tristan is out of the picture, um, you're likely going into next year trying to find a few new veterans to, to kind of help Sexton, Garland, uh, KPJ, and whoever they draft on and off the floor. Um and that's something that's really tough to do if you have a pouting Kevin Love. Um, at this point, there's been some reports that there are deals available for like straight up just expiring picks and or expiring contracts and you don't really get any value in return. I'm nearing the point where I'd be pretty much okay with that. I guess. It just going back to, you know, Rick and Morty, let's watch TV. Like it's... <laughs> It's like so uninteresting. That's it the really brutal. Is. It's like who gives a shit ultimately? Like like both outcomes are horrible. Mm-hmm. Um the Cavs are in about as bad of a place as you can be as a franchise right now. Um in terms of what their core is and what they're going to get out of the only players on their team that are any good. Um 
it's tough, man. And like, you know, it maybe there would be a world in which if, if, if Garland was looking better, I know Sexton's numbers have been good lately. It still doesn't feel, you know, I don't think, well, no, that's not true. The most optimistic fan could, but I won't. Uh, like I, I still am having a hard time picturing Sexton's play as of late translating into actual wins. Hmm. Um, it's just, it's it, dark days for the franchise. And See, um, I, I think there are much bleaker places to be. Like, if you look at the Charlotte Hornets, for example, I, I think they are further away. Like, they, they don't have any veterans that truly matter. Um, based on what? Why are they further away? If, at best, I, they're equal. No, I, I like the young Cavs better. Um, and they're not going to have... Why? Even, even though this is a shitty draft, they're likely not going to have a better pick. Uh, I don't think their veterans are going to get them anything of value. Um, I don't think that... They clearly don't have ownership that's been willing to spend. Um, I, I think that the Cavs are closer to a fresh slate. And I, I like the the young group that they have. Um, despite the fact that they have three rising stars and the Cavs have... Um, only Jetty and Larry Nance that made the Rising Stars game. Bro, um, the fifth overall pick on the Cavs is not in the Rising Stars game and has zero chance at second team all rookie. I, I don't care, man. Like you, you look at what Darius Garland can do, and you, can, I, I can see a, a future very good player from that. Like I, I like his decision making. Um, I, I think it's understandable that he struggled with consistency. I, I think the results are going to follow. The process is good. Um, I, I think Colin Sexton, what he's done lately, getting those assists up there, um, scoring 23 points per game. He's, he's averaging 4.3 uh, assists per game over his last 10. Like The growth is there. I think Kevin Porter Jr., um, if he was in this draft, would be a top 10 pick and, and – We've heard from Trevor Magnotti that Garland would likely be in the running for first overall in this draft. I don't think you could say that about any of the Hornets' 24-year-old young players that are in the Rising Stars game. I just want to note that that's not a good thing. No, I I think it is. It's not a good thing that Darius Garland would be the number one overall pick in this next draft. No, this this draft is buttons. We know that. But – I like I like the young guys that we have. I, I think that there are bleaker places to be in. Um, if you want to go bleak, I wouldn't be pointing towards that. I, I'd be pointing more towards, hey, we just invested five years in a head coach that seems to be very, very overwhelmed by the situation. I think that's a very bleak outcome, especially... Well, they when- invested five years of money, for sure. I, <laughs> I certainly don't think they've got five years of coaching in him. Uh, <laughs> I agree. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just like – it just seems like there's no road out right now. Um, like, what do you think the median outcome for Darius Garland is right now? Um, shit, that's a good question. Slightly, uh, slightly like 5% better DJ Augustine? No, I'm thinking that like – DJ Augustine is pretty decent. No, no, he's going to be much better than that. I'm I'm still projecting him him to be Kemba. Pretty high bar for a guy who's shooting thirty nine percent. He's doing better than Kemba did. He's doing better athlete. than Kemba did in his rookie year, and Kemba had more time in college. He was older than Garland was. Um, he wasn't coming off surgery. He was on the least talented team in NBA history. 
Um, yeah, the, I mean, this Cavs team is just absolutely it's it's the seventy three one Warriors. This this Cavs team is worlds better than that Hornets team. <laughs> still, still, I I'm, all I'm, I'm saying just... is Kemba is certain. Let me just say this: Is there any percent chance you are saying any of this if Darius Garland was on the Charlotte Hornets and we had Devontae Graham? Um, I, I was a pretty, I like Garland a lot. Um, I, Come on. I think I would. If you saw his numbers, you would not say this. Well, I wouldn't be watching. I, I wouldn't be watching as closely. I'll give I'm you say, that. I'm saying we have, uh, we have hope bias. Yeah. That's yeah. what it is. We are invested in, in internalizing every win we can with Darius Garland. Matt, I, I there, there's some validity to that, but you know what? I'm, I'm an optimistic guy, but I, I, I look at them and there has been steady growth. I, I like what I'm seeing from those three guys. I, I think there are absolutely bleaker situations uh, with teams whose core is significantly older than the Cavs um, and have absolutely no upside. I, I think that the teardown just always, always sucks, and that's the part we're in right now. The buildup isn't coming anytime soon is my general point. <laughs> nah. You're, you're too much of a pessimist on this one, Carter. I, I just I don't see a path to this team not being fucking terrible. See, no, what I don't understand is how you can have so little hope and not have a hope bias when you're a gambler. Because uh, if you're a I, gambler... You, you can see. You can see the, the opportunity that's out there, which is why I want to take a break to talk about our brand new sponsor bet online did you miss your chance to bet on the super bowl fear not listener blue wire is excited to be partnering with bet online to help you win big no matter the time of the year with march madness the masters and major league opening day right around the corner bet online has you covered for all your latest news scores and odds it's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up Plus, it's never too early to lay down your future bet for the Super Bowl 2021. Do you like the Browns' odds, Carter? I, I, I don't know what they are, Justin. I'm a Cowboys fan. <laughs> I just meant more in general, not what they actually are. Come on, you help just, pander, I, help pander I to the market. It, I just thought it was a weird ad lib. Okay, you know what? It is what it is. Head over to betonline.ag and use our promo code BLUEWIRE to... Re- receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit we signed up it's super easy and if you're already making wagers it's a fantastic way to support the podcast again that's promo code blue wire all one word when you set sign up at betonline.ag bring your best bets home with bet online your online sportsbook experts justin you really covered up that typo in the copy really well Carter, why, why are you narking on the, the copy already? Because I don't think they'd mind, ultimately. And I think, really, when we do this, we're, we're given more time to the, to the sponsor, uh, Bet Online. So, ultimately, I think this is a win for them, uh, even if I'm teasing our, uh, our, our, over, our copywriting overlords. You know what? Like, I'm just surprised that you read along with me. Is well, that I have solely to. to mock me? Uh, no, it's um, to track to see like when I really need to be ready to go again. And also, um, 
it's maybe a force of habit from when we have double read weeks because uh, yeah, I definitely I definitely can't just leave you hanging uh, after you finish while I scramble to pull up the next copy. <laughs> oh, yeah, you, you raise valid points. Um, at this moment, I am checking, and there is no update on Tristan Thompson. I see Mookie Betts was traded out of Dodgers. I don't know any baseball people out there. Yeah, it's, like dep- yeah it, it's weird. I don't. That's all I know is that it's weird. How many trades are the Cavs going to make? Three. One. Three. Who? Um, John Henson is going to be traded. Tristan Thompson is going to be traded. And Brandon Knight will be traded. I think that tops two, one Tristan Thompson deal, and then one deal where they take on salary in exchange for dead money. Yeah, I, I feel like Tristan is an absolute lock. Um, it seems like the, every the most... indication that you hear from the whispers are like he's gone one way or the other. <laughs> is murmurs or whispers more serious? Ooh, um, I think murmurs because I think that they're a little bit louder. It's like audible, you know, you're hearing them, but you just can't make out the words yet. Yeah, I like to think of a big auditorium full of people where you, you have people kind of whispering politely to one another and yeah, murmurs like, is a real crescendo. Yeah, like, like someone someone like busts in and like interrupts the performance and people start murmuring in the crowd. No, I, I, I agree. I feel like the most likely route for this trade deadline to be interesting for the Cavs um, is for us to get involved in one of these other trades. Like, uh, the news is out. It sounds like uh, D'Angelo Russell um, is potentially heading towards Minnesota. Andrew Wiggins is apparently in every single trade discussion going to the Warriors. And that that is something that will warm my cold dead heart is watching the Warriors try to play Andrew Wiggins as a small ball center. Uh, yeah, it's going to be weird. Um, <laughs> but you know, the Warriors are just going to make out like bandits because no, I don't care how it happens. What's going to happen is the Warriors are going to, uh, exploit the garbage T-Wolves front office, um, who is, who are desperate to make Cat happy by trading for his bestie, D'Angelo Russell. And that desperation, uh, as, as people often say, is a stinky cologne. Mm-hmm. Um, with that said, the Cavs should be in that in that deal, uh, offering uh, themselves in as a as a third party. You know, this is and and I do think the interesting thing for the Cavs to do that we haven't heard much of is if they are going to be that third team in a deal. Normally, that third team in a deal is taking on some bad money and sending out some expirings to help make the numbers work. Right? Mm-hmm. Why isn't Tristan Thompson one of those expirings? You can actually take a distressed asset like Thompson who, you know, might not get as much value in an, in isolation, but really juice uh, a trade package and maybe get you an actual asset back uh, as opposed to just taking on a set, a couple seconds in two separate deals. I'm, I'm really, really happy that you weren't here. Um, Cause I, I forgot to kind of jot this down as a topic I wanted to get to. I was actually very close to responding to your tweet uh, when you mentioned that, um, and I decided to leave it for the podcast. Like, How I many- guess, like, like, look at like the freaking Rockets. The Rockets are getting ready to trade Clint Capella, or yes. at least would like to. Uh, Tristan has a very similar salary number to him, but on that expiring deal, if if Tristan can replace eighty percent of Capella, 
uh, and they are able to up- chase a meaningful upgrade on the wing. That's a no-brainer for the Rockets. And the Cavs should get some compensation for their trouble if they take on some of those weird bad contracts to get that done. No, I, I agree with that. But the big thing is we, we have a sample size of what? 10, 12 trades that Kobe Altman has pulled off in the last two and a half years. How many of them have the Cavs come up linked to that team before that trade happened? I, the only one I can think of is George Hill to the the Bucks when uh, Wendy was on the jump and said that the it's on the five-yard line or something like that. Um these trades have always come out of the blue. Jordan Clarkson was not linked to the Utah Jazz. Um, Derek Rose, Jay Crowder, and all those guys going to the Jazz wasn't leaked. Uh, Rodney Hood to the the Blazers wasn't leaked. Uh, Alec Burks to the Rockets wasn't leaked. The Boston trade with Kyrie wasn't leaked. Kobe seems to operate in silence. Um, things very, very rarely get out with them. So I, I don't know if I would necessarily read into um not being mentioned out there as not being involved in trying to get into those talks that just seems to be the way they want to operate and i i think maybe having the the tristan thompson is now available for trade talks thing was just kind of a league-wide flare that they shot up of hey if you're looking to get these deals done because there is a few trades that we've kind of heard that uh have been discussed and they're looking for a third team I think that's absolutely what making that public was about. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure Tristan didn't love it. Um, no, being, no, no uh, way. Being openly floated like that, but there is a real chance that he could end up on a, on an actual contender who has his bird rights at the end of this. Um, and that's really going to matter um, because teams are really hoarding their long-term cap room, uh, which just annoys me, by the way. Um, I, sorry, can I do a quick, can I have a quick aside? Yes. I, so everyone's so fucking concerned about 2021 cap space so they can take a run at Giannis. Okay? Why? Uh, what in the last five to ten years of NBA transactions has told you that you can't clear cap space if you need it? <laughs> like, what the fuck is this weird hoarding going on? Yeah. Just attach like a 2028 first and move on. Yep. No, it's like it's that simple. There is always a shitty team willing to take on a good team's bad salary to help them open up the room to sign someone. Yeah. I, I mean, that's what the cast What did. are we doing here? Why why are we all, why are we all of a sudden in this weird limbo uh as as an entire league that no one that Kevin Love or or any equivalent player that's signed for a couple years is just can't touch him. Can't touch 2021 cap space. Like what? I just don't. I don't get it, man. Well, you under, you have to understand, Carter, that if you had to give up a future first round pick because Giannis wants to come and you have an assurance there, there's. I mean, how how do you part with that first round pick? It's not like we have a precedent of teams trading a whole bunch of firsts to, to clear up the space or make a move happen to make that star happy and lure them. Yeah, it just. I don't know, man. It. <laughs> People are confusing to me, and I don't understand why the entire league is operating this way, and then I don't understand why every no one seems to be bothered by it except me. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, You know what? That's a, a really, really valid criticism. I thought you were going to go the other way and just mock some of these teams that are trying to preserve their cap space. Yeah, as, first as off, you're not going to fucking get Giannis if you're not one of, like, two teams. 
he he's going to stay in Milwaukee or go to wherever Masai Ujiri is, basically. Uh, probably. You know what's interesting? I was just thinking about this. Uh, everyone's so sure that the Raptors are like just a cute story. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't they just go trade for Bradley Beal this summer or as soon as he's available? Um, I think teams can beat their offer. What, what what is their offer? Like they're not offering Siakam. They got they got enough young guys who are popping for them, and then every first round pick in their in their war chest and matching salary. Yeah, I I feel like other teams are are going to be able to beat their offer. I feel like Denver is going to be able to beat their offer. I, I think the the hidden secret of the league is that Denver's core isn't that good. Uh, yeah. MP, MPJ is good, but they won't move him. Murray is overrated for what he is. I think Harry, they move. Harry, uh, I think they move MPJ for Bradley Beal. I mean, I would. Yeah, I, like you, you do like MPJ, Gary Harris, and other crap um, for Bradley Beal. Get picks done. Like they should be cashing in. I agree with you that they they should stop this whole "Hey, let's be competitive for seven years" thing. No, no. When you have a chance to win, you take it, especially when... Um, I mean, like, in fairness to them, they haven't really had too many guys. Like, like, should they sell the farm for Drew Holiday? I don't think so. Yeah. I, I do feel like they should be going in this year. Like, I, I, I don't know if you necessarily have to sell the farm for Drew Holiday, but I would be trying to get them right now. Like, I feel the Lakers and Clippers are probably going to be better next year. Like, if there's a window, it's this year. And they should absolutely be trying to cash in and, and win it this year. But uh, I, I just don't know how many realistic options there are there. Go trade for Kevin Love, Timberwolves, or uh, Nuggets. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's just the league is in such a weird spot. It's so funny that this league that um, – Hashtag that, this league. Hashtag this league uh, that spent so much time uh, and energy like – hyping up their trades, their trade deadlines, all their player movement um, has basically like player moved themselves into this like drunken stupor that they can't do anything now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like literally the whole league has moved so much uh, in the last two years that nobody wants to sign long contracts anymore. And uh, nobody, uh, can be traded because nobody knows who the hell they are anymore. <laughs> you know what? It, it's like that that period where you first moved out of your house and you're just off being a degen. I, I think eventually everyone's going to want to settle down a little yeah. bit. Yeah, if I were the host of the jump, I would start my show with a monologue about how this trade deadline is the NBA's hangover. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. You you wouldn't use that space to uh, shame the Grizzlies for not sending to Andre Iguodala to the, the Lakers or the Clippers? God, I, everything about the Grizzlies is what I want the Cavs to be. <laughs> <laughs> Young players who are good, that, that fit together, that give a shit. shit on Steph Curry. That shit on Steph Curry, shit on Andre Iguodala, care, take pride in their work. Uh, actively are frustrated that a dude would rather take a year off when he only has like one and a half years left in his career than bother playing with them. They have Brandon Clark. They have Brandon Clark. They have JJJ, who as much as I make fun of his allergic uh, defensive rebounding uh, problems uh, is amazing. 
Morant is is so fun. It's just like, damn, I wish I could be a Grizzlies fan. Want to know a little gripe I have? Yeah. There's a whole lot of media dorks out there that talked about the John Morant picture. All of them referenced KD holding a championship trophy, and they really were missing the joke that he was not holding the Larry O'Brien trophy. Yeah, it was the he finals was, MVP, right? Yeah, it was the finals MVP trophy. How do you miss that? How, how do you miss that joke? I, how do you not mention it? I didn't that? see anyone missing it, but I also... Ugh. Every uh, podcast I listened to today was, oh, yeah, they, they posted a picture of Kevin Durant holding a trophy. No, 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 no. You, you need to mention which one. Yeah. I just, yeah, he's awesome. Andre Iguodala is a jerk for, for what he's doing. I love, I la, 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 love that people are like, well, the Grizzlies agreed to it. It's like, I can't stop coming up with analogies to make fun of that. Like, <laughs> like people who think breakups are mutual. Uh, I, earlier today, I mentioned um, bank, te- like they're like, I said uh, bank tellers that are being robbed at gunpoint technically are agreeing to hand over the cash. Like, like I just can't stop of thinking of ways that that's stupid. Like, like do these, do these morons really think that the Grizzlies, if they wanted Iggy to show up, should have started finding him and then force him to show up and have him actively ruin their locker room because he's met because he wants to throw a fit. Well, you know, if you're a glamor destination like Memphis, uh, the thing you really want to do is start fighting and pissing off the VP of the Players Union. Yep, that's uh, that's great. And how about the VP of the Players Union setting a really good example for the rank and file employees? Great example, a- absolutely. Jesus just Christ, Chef's kiss. And uh, yeah, we're we're just going to ignore the the Shams report on September 9th that uh, the Memphis Grizzlies asked Andre Iguodala to report to training camp and wanted him to be a part of this team. Yeah, we're, we're going to act like this it was just mutual from the start. That's a great yep. idea. Yep, and and, and, th- and thank God that he also won't give a dime back uh, in a buyout. <laughs> I like that this has turned into us lashing out on other teams because I, I feel like we're going to have to do a whole lot of that. Like, Even though the Cavs are going to be bad, um, we have our disagreements about how good the young core is going to be. Um, uh, that Excuse me. But... I'm just saying they suck now. Ah, no, they're fun. This last week was good. All of them were averaging over 15 points per game. Garland was doing assists. KPJ is ridiculously fun. KPJ is super fun. And Garland is uh, little signs of life. Yeah, you know. uh, After a pretty brutal two-week stretch. Yeah, he he was a whole lot better. Just just needed a nap. Yep, you just needed a nap. Sometimes you need that. Uh, the sex man has been really good. I, I'm I'm enjoying the hell out of him right now. Um, I I see signs that you could work this into a, a team. Like I I think he can be a valuable contributor. Um, I still think that's likely in the six man role. Um, but I I do like that there I are signs. Serious with you? Yeah. <laughs> you really heard him. And then he said he's already better than Manu Ginobili. So you saw that, say. eh? That, that sure warmed did. my heart. I I, um, love, I love that guy. Enthusiasm, um, something that you don't always have, Carter. Oh, there you go. Uh, before we, before we, oh my God, I'm sorry. No, never mind. I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it. Uh, okay. It's way too off topic. Um, but before we go, um, I do want to talk about Adam Silver. Mark Stein reporting that Adam Silver uh, 
people believe that Adam Silver and the league office are pushing Masai Ujiri to go save the Knicks. I would like to hear your take before I hit you with a fucking a take that I think you're gonna you're gonna like. Okay, so there are levels to this. On the one hand, you know that I really don't like Adam Silver. I have a lot of gripes with this man. But if he is pushing for Masai Ujiri to leave, and Masai is going to take Bobby Webster, the Raptors general manager, and those fucking arrogant Raptors fans that have been feeling themselves way too much have to lose one of the best executives in the league, and they go back to being Toronto, and we can go back to punching someone our own size, I'm going to enjoy the living hell out of that. That is my take. Carter, you are unleashed. I am of the opinion that this is the closest Adam Silver has ever been to David Stern. (laughs) (laughs) I love that take. David Stern wouldn't give a shit about people complaining about his, his biases and Oh, it's so improper. David Stern would have known that the Knicks being good again would be good for business, and he would take the fucking L. You know what? He wouldn't be interested in winning, uh, you know, winning the, the 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 war of the bloggers. He would just he would just do the thing he thought was better for the league, and and he would say, "Fuck the haters." <laughs> do you like it? I love that take. I love that take. You know what? That This is the first time I've ever liked Adam Silver. How about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I've liked him before. Um, obviously, I've not loved him lately. I don't even like that he's doing this because I think it is kind of inappropriate. But I'm glad he – I hope he doesn't care that I care. We need a villain. I, I think leagues do better when everybody hates the commissioner. Yeah. I Seems think, to be the uh, case with Roger Goodell. It was the case with David Stern towards the end. Sometimes you just got to take an L. You got to be the one that's getting hit. That's you know what? what you're paid for. Um, and ultimately, if if I will say, and maybe this is this is if we have any Raptors listeners, they're not going to like it. But the oh no, they, would, they hate us right now. Yeah, the league would be better if Masai Ujiri was running the Knicks. Yeah, I, no, I agree, and I, I think Masai and that learned. is ultimately Adam Silver's job: make the league better. I don't know if you saw this quote from Masai, but he talked about how he went into so many playoffs thinking, you know what, this team, you, you look at the numbers, how we functioned as a unit. Um, I, I think we have a legitimate title contender. And then he came to the realization that it's really all about talent. And he really went in on Kawhi Leonard, who told him from day one, I'm not going to stay here. He said, you know what, I'm, I'm pushing all my chips in the middle of the table. Uh, we're going to try to win here. I think he knows that's going to be tough to to bring another player of that caliber to Toronto. And I think with the reputation he has with players around the league, um, I, I still think if he's able to get full control in New York, that becomes an attractive market and players would go to play there. Um, so I, I definitely see the appeal for him. Yep. Uh, it's uh, I it make, listen, I remember we talked about this with LeBron that, if he could be the one to break the the championship curse in Cleveland, uh, that you know it, it just has a little extra on top. I can't imagine what saving the Knicks would do. Um, even just getting the Knicks to a, a base relevance uh, would be a good start. 
Carter, are you familiar? Um, as you filibustered there, I managed to look this up. Are you familiar with the Levitar looks like game? Yes. Okay. Do you, have you heard some of the Adam Silver ones? No. All right. I want to read through some of these. I, I want to do a tribute to Adam Silver since he has now redeemed himself. He's done the one thing that I've actually enjoyed in his tenure. Adam Silver looks like the next evolution of the light bulb. Adam Silver looks like the wooden spoon that comes with Italian ice. Adam Silver looks like the lone French fry that gets mixed in your bag of onion rings. Adam Silver looks like the well-meaning scientist in a movie who gets captured and forced to do nefarious experiments, only to be later killed in the film by the abomination he helped create while staring into the camera and saying, what have we done seconds before his death? This is, this is good stuff. I, I, li- I like the assistant scientist look for him. Yeah. I mean, he basically is Beaker from the Muppets. <laughs> he really is. Adam Silver looks like the nurse at an old folks home. Aww. I love all of it. <laughs> uh, shout out to Adam Silver. Uh, you are bringing the Raptors down to our level, and that's something that I, I can appreciate. That's what I appreciate about you. Uh, that's what I appreciate about you. Okay. So, Carter, to wrap this up, how many second-round picks are we getting? Bro, we're going to have so many second-round picks. Oh, my God. Dude, we're going to have – oh, bro, I can't wait to dissect uh, who we picked 39th uh, in 2026. So, we got two with Jordan Clarkson. I'm not counting those. I'm going to predict we get – Three seconds by Thursday and one first. I, th- I think we get it done. I think we get a first, Carter. I'm predicting zero first, and here's why. Self-preservation. I don't want to be let down. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to keep these hopes high, and then when I crash and burn, at least I'll be able to do it as I bail on this podcast next week and go to Mexico. Oh, so, yeah, brother. I'll carry you. Do you know what it is, Carter? What? Swim up bar season. Uh, you're such a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Carter. I'm 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 gonna uh I'm gonna enjoy listening to Miserable You next week and, and pretending that I'm not equally miserable and then coming Listen, back. Listen, Thursday night Thursday night we'll be miserable together for a minute. Yeah, we will be um I believe we will be doing a crossover podcast with our friends at the Locked On Cas podcast. Uh, Chris Manning and Evan Darrow. Friends in heavy quotations. Yeah, with, with their weird-ass fake beef thing that Evan's been pushing. We'll, we'll get into that. I, I, I've got some gripes with this fake one-sided beef. It's uh, Yeah, we don't actually have gripes with them. We have gripes with the, with the beef. We, we have, you know what we have gripes with? Bad bits. That's a bad bit. Yeah, it's, and it, he's going to be – we're going to have a reckoning. Hell yeah, brother. All right. Well, I want to give a big thanks to all of our listeners. Uh, thanks to our sponsor, Bet Online, even though Carter shit on your copy. Um, and I don't thanks- think they wrote the copy. Don't put that on them. You know what? That's a good point. You know what? I thought. You, for- have you been thinking they've been writing this for us this whole time? Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that they sent stuff. Just- Justin has a fundamental misunderstanding of how this industry works. Don't worry about it, guys. Um, producer Carter, what? Look at you, Mr. Big Shot. All right. Well, thanks to Carter. Thanks to all of our listeners. If you want to support the podcast, the best way you can do so is by leaving a rating, leave a review, subscribe, unsubscribe, and resubscribe to help cook those books. You can support the podcast directly by subscribing to our Chase Down Premium feed. Just 99 cents for your first month. 
five bucks a month after that. I've been doing weekly youth reports there. We're going to be experimenting with some stuff. Come the, the draft, free agency, and all that fun stuff. We'll, we're also very willing to listen to feedback, answer listener questions, and all that good stuff there. If you want to be part of the Chase Down Podcast Discord chat, you can send a screenshot of your review to chasedownpod at gmail.com. We'd be more than happy to supply you with a link there. But however you choose to support us, we really do appreciate it. So thanks again to our listeners. Thanks to Carter. Till next time, go second round picks. <laughs>